brand new episode of the JD Dragon podcast, which is the which is a show where we learn about how disability and diversity are connected. Now I'm joined today by Professor Alexi Dingley from from Malta, and you're a professor of, of AI. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, hi, Atelier, and hi to everyone who's who's listening to this podcast. Yeah. And could you please tell us a bit about your work with AI and why you decided to why your company decided to team up with the CRPD, or maybe that's why I first learned about you and your work. Sure. So, so thank you for the question. Um, well, I've been working in AI for the past 20 years now, plus. Um, and of course, you know, AI being a horizontal subject, so you tend to, to touch with all sorts of uh, issues being held, education, industry 4.0, it doesn't matter. Um, but um, the main reason why I decided to go for AI is because, you know, through AI, you can really change the lives of people. And I really believe in that. And probably that this is one of the reasons why um, I'm doing also some work with um, the, 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 the organizations that deal with disability here in Malta. Um, I believe that um, through AI, there's a lot of opportunity. Um, AI, you know, can help even to give independence or assistance to people. Um, but it's important as well that the technology reaches people. And I find that that is a very big barrier, unfortunately, um, still today. Um, uh, throughout my work, I did quite a number of projects, projects related to um, uh, to, to helping people um, identify stuff, um, maybe computer vision, um, but things that can be as an assistant or rather a go-in-between in order to facilitate the lives of those people. So I think that that is basically it, um, because ultimately I, I always believe that if you don't reach people through through your work. No, why, why are you doing it in the first place? Yeah, and so could this, could AI possibly cure or possibly eradicate conditions like dementia and Alzheimer's and possibly Parkinson's? I, I think the, the, the damaged areas of the brain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the problem there is is not really AI, but but you know there are still a lot of things which we don't know about these conditions. Um, so we're, we're still discovering and learning. But even as part of my work, um, we used AI to actually um try to identify parts of the brains that um are are affected or changed because of these um conditions or illnesses. So I, I can tell you that a few months back, um, I was and I'm still collaborating with with a. And neurologist, and we were given a number of um, brain scans. So we had these slices, and we used an AI to try to identify which brain scan brain scans will ultimately lead towards one of these conditions or or illnesses. Um. So so you know, from our end, we're doing our little to try to help the the field of study. Remember, unfortunately, <clears throat> these different fields of studies do not tend to um uh, you know talk together much. Um, and uh, one of the things which we do is we try to collaborate with different professionals, um, especially in the medical field, because if we put our resources together, most probably we can manage to reach um, much, much bigger objectives. And I think that is what we're trying to do, essentially. So, you know, using technology, showing them how to make use of this technology uh, and through it, um, once again, reach people. And it can really make a big difference. I remember a few years back, we had a project with... Um, with people who are researching um, uh, cancer 
In this particular case, it was um, related to lung cancer, which is a very deadly cancer because um, most of the time it has very few side effects and this is diagnosed at a very late stage. Um, uh, and uh, the radiologists were telling us that on average, they spent about 30 to 40 minutes looking at scans of one person trying to identify um, the affected areas. Uh, this is something, you know, which with AI you can do in a few seconds. So the, the AI would probably locate an area and then, you know, you still have the radiologists looking at that area. Um, but that would speed up a lot their their work, and because of this, they can manage to also um, uh, reach more 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 patients. So that is where I think we're trying to uh, to work. I can't tell you that you know AI will automatically eradicate the, the these uh, these conditions or illnesses, but it can definitely help speed up a lot of them. And and don't forget as well that we've seen it with COVID. Um, if you remember. Um, the COVID vaccine was created in record time, and one of the reasons was precisely because they used AI to try to identify the best um, approach towards creating this new vaccine. So I think what AI will give us is uh, a bigger speed, uh, much more velocity in developing the, these these cures. Yeah, and so have you partnered up with any other companies to sort of like work together on like research projects or develop new technologies like? Have you? I recently read in the news that um, the Prime Minister of Royal Valley, he recently visited another AI company called Smartcow. I think it was. I think that was what it was in the news. Have you worked with them, or have you worked with um, like companies in Silicon Valley, or maybe companies in the UAE, like especially based in the Dubai Internet City? Have you worked with those people? Um, I've done different collaborations, and in fact, one of the the largest projects I have at the moment actually started from Stanford. Um, I was there on on, on a visit, um, and I got to know the professor over there as well. And uh, I I saw the a demo a demo of um, this virtual reality headset. So so you know what's VR now the the headset you put on your eyes, and you're transported into a three D world, and they used it um for pain management. So they used it with burn patients. It was a system called Snow World. And <laughs> excuse me, they used this system to help them when they were um when the nurses were changing their um their gauges. Um essentially, um, because their brain was distracted from the pain, it manages to reduce the pain by up to 50%. Um when I came back to Malta, um I sought funding and uh, we actually created a project, it's called Morpheus. And the idea before Morpheus is to do exactly the same, but we are also um, getting um, biological information from the patient. We understand what the, the patient is going through. So, you know, if he's super excited or very bored or whatever, and we're adjusting the experience in real time. So that means that the engagement of the person is much, much, much more, much more um, uh, effective than, than if it wasn't using this biological information. And thanks to that, we managed to reduce the, the, the sensation of pain by up to 80%. And uh, keep in mind that this is, is done without any sort of medication. So, you know, it's a very safe system. Um, it has uh, practically no side effects um, apart from the, uh, the ones of the VR headset, but, but they're very minimal. In fact, we never had these, these issues um, when we tried it. Um, and now we're moving over to the next phase of this project. One of them is a, a commercialization phase of the, of this technology. And the second one is to 
um, move towards pain management, but because, uh, but without the, um, the VR headset. So it's a very innovative technology. I think it's a technology that will revolutionize as well um, um, a lot of, uh, you know, patients, uh, a lot of, of the, a lot of ways in which they can deal with their pain. Um, also keeping in mind that um, issues such as the the opioid epidemic is, is quite on, 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 on the growing side. And I think with this technology, we can manage to address these issues without having major side effects as well. And uh, I also read that you're a professor of artificial intelligence. Have you like lectured at the University of Malta? Have you, have you like lectured to students? Have you done presentations on the possibility that AI can help people with various types of disabilities? Yes, um, uh, through our university, I, I think we're quite lucky to be honest because um, our university has been offering a course in AI since the early nineties. So even when I was still a student, you know, I could study about AI um, back then as well. Of course, it was a different AI than today. <clears throat> um, today we have, I would say, around 100, 150 students a year um, at different levels. So, you know, undergraduate, postgraduate, and, and of course, PhDs. Um, and we tackle all sorts, all sorts of issues. I think what we try to impair to students is that, you know, AI is this horizontal field and it really can help. Um, uh, to address an, an, any any issue um, they have at heart. So we give them that liberty. In, in fact, for example, last year I had one of my students that was doing some work uh, with children with uh, aut autism. Um, and he created this device to help children to communicate because in this case we were talking about non-verbal um, children. Um, and uh, apart from communicating, it also facilitated their they're, they're talking in the sense that it took um, uh, the context of the conversation. So if I, if I am conversing with you and we are in the kitchen, the system knows that we are in the kitchen, so it takes that context as part of the conversation. And, and of course, you know, that speeds up communication quite a lot. And this is very important because um, a lot of the children, unfortunately, feel frustrated that, you know, they want to communicate, but, but uh, the others are not understanding what they're saying. Another interesting project which I have at the moment is that we're we're buying um, EEG equipment, so it's you know those bands which you put which you put on your hair. Um, uh, normally, when you see them pictures, it's a lot of wires stuck to your hair. Um, but we have uh, some of them which are not so invasive. Um, uh, they're like a normal band which which the girls normally put on their hair, and we can manage to to read brain signals. And the idea is to use those brain signals. Um, move them over to an AI, the AI will interpret what the person is thinking and then give an indication of, of that message. We want to use them with, with uh, young adults um, who are paralyzed and, and, and through the system, we can help them maybe to at least communicate a little bit more than they can today. So, and have your colleagues ever like brought up the, have, any, have there been any concerns about the possibility of about the Ethic or surround the ethics of this technology and its development. Have you ever run to any people yes. involved with ethical concerns? Regarding yes, the, the, there are there are always ethical issues, and we take them very seriously. Like in, in this current example, which I gave you, um, you know, when, when I explain the project to people, they tell me, "But but now you're gonna read my brains, <laughs> um, sort of my thoughts." No, um, this is what not what we're trying to do. But the idea is to um, provide um, a, a new communication channel 
um, for, for these people. But uh, that is why we need to address the ethical issues before we actually start working on such projects. Um, uh, because, of course, they can have um, a, a negative usage. Um, uh, so in this case, we have also, even as part of our course with our students, we teach them AI ethics. Um, we discuss different scenarios with them um, because we want them to explore um, uh, you know, the different circumstances they might encounter when they go out in, in, the, in the world of work. And we want to be sure that if they are in, in those uncomfortable positions, they take the right choice. Sometimes, you know, the right choice is not the, the most popular choice, but uh, it's important that when using such a powerful technology, we use it um, ethically and for the good of people. I look forward to seeing how technology develops. And thank you all for listening. Um, before we go, Professor Daniel, do you want to say any? Do you want to say anything else before we leave? Any final words on this topic? Well, first of all, thank you very much for for the invite. Um, it was a pleasure being on your podcast. Um, I think it's very important that people learn more about AI. Unfortunately, even through my my work, I realized that a lot of people. Um, uh, have a, a very superficial knowledge of AI, which most of the time comes from movies, because, you know, we've all seen the Terminators and different movies on AI. But AI is much more than that. And if people really understand AI, they don't have to become um, AI scientists, but at least they understand the potential and the possibilities which it offers. I'm sure that, uh, you know, we can manage to spread the technology to more people and give these people the possibility of having a better life via this new technology. Couldn't have said about me, myself, and I agree with everything you said. So, so I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And if you want to learn more about Professor Dingley's work and the way that his colleagues are doing, there'll be links in the description box below. And then, well, like, share, leave a review, and see you guys next time. Bye.